This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's when the time. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thick and fast, these uh, presses are coming round, and it's not just... Me and you, that, or you and I, that are feeling it. I think everybody involved in these press conferences are like, oh, are we going to talk about it? Are we going to talk about the same stuff? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we got, um, we actually got the free agents question out of the way off, Mike, this week. Um, Andrew, I think, has now canned it for, um, for, for good, which is disappointing because I actually had a dream last night that we signed someone, but uh, my dream was not reality, like my cup prediction, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was it was a bit of a slow one today. I've got to be honest. Yeah, it, it felt like it listening to it a little bit too. So no trialists, <laughs> not not by the sounds of it. No, there were certainly not anyone there actively looking at signing. To be honest, it's a it's a it's what we expected, I guess, on that front. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Straight in there with uh, that question. Gillingham didn't go well. I had a bad feeling, and I try and be positive in my predictions, but a bit of me was just like, it felt like a 1-0 in my mind before before the game started. And I said in the last presser, I've got a bad feeling that we're due, and it kind of went the way I, I thought, but there's no rhyme or reason to it. What, what did you think about the Geneum game? Yeah, I tended to agree with that one. I kind of look at games these days through the prism of when was I ready to call it as as a defeat, and 
pretty much half time was actually it for me. Things picked up a little bit after the break, but it never really looked like Swindon got going. They weren't they weren't looking likely to score as much as we kind of got the same kind of uh, post match reaction from Michael Flynn about how good the football was outside of putting the ball in the net. It just didn't really feel like it to me. It didn't. It felt like a couple, a fair few players were off the pace. Uh, Gillingham had no trouble really uh, getting out from a low defensive position, and they were very happy to to, to protect what they had for quite a long time. So it, it was just not a great performance, really. I think you know we're, we're getting a couple of those in now, and I think uh, they might actually need to shake it off this weekend because it's now actually just one win in five, which you know on a on a slightly more. Um, microscopic look at it of the last couple of games really isn't really isn't good form at all no we talked about the optics and how other fans who who don't spend their their days watching swindon town and analyzing the club and so forth if they were to look at that they would say this is the perfect time to play swindon and maybe it is for milton Keynes dons but historically as we'll discuss later swindon at Stadium NK or the hockey stadium. It's not a great time ever for Swindon Town, usually, but we'll get to that a bit later on. Let's start, and of course, this press conference was with yourself and Andrew Hawes of BBC Radio Wiltshire. Injury fronts. I was a little surprised with one. There's not much we can do about it. Yeah, I've got to say I was a little surprised too, although I, I did kind of have an inkling with, um, I'm, I'm guessing your surprise is around Tom Brewitt and not Ben Ward. <laughs> Correct. Um, <but laughs> I, I kind of got as we went through the week, because we went from, yes, it'll be ready for next Saturday after Salford to, we're pretty sure he'll be ready for Saturday on Monday to, um, we, we, think, we think he's doing well on Tuesday. So I kind of thought, the way these things normally go, if, if that is kind of your progression, the answer is probably just going to be no. And unfortunately for, for Swindon, generally, because Tom Brewer has played very well this season, um, the answer does look like it's going to be no. Um, he's he's uh, uh, Michael Flynn all but ruled him out of selection this weekend, which uh, is disappointing. Um, uh, you know, with, with that concussion that he picked up um, that was initially said wasn't the case necessarily, I, I think. They didn't fit. They felt it was a precautionary thing at the time, but it does look like it's he's not come through it the way they would have hoped, and uh, he's not going to be available. And then there's the obvious divine Ward, Yuakwe, Triumvirate, who are all out, and Jake Kane uh, is once again after as he was not involved on Tuesday, is out for a couple of weeks. They're still not being completely clear on Jake Kane. You know, they, we were told he got injured in the warm down at Salford, mm-hmm. and they still don't know about him particularly which is a little bit strange but that's where they are they're out without those um those four and then Dan Kemp on top of it for obvious reasons yeah I can't help but think that sort of vague summary that Flynn gives us in relation to injuries is not the full story because the we're not sure is wheeled out quite a lot at the moment when players are injured we're not sure what it is we're not sure how long I do wonder and I wouldn't be hugely surprised if we see Bruett start and it's just one of those sort of we're trying to throw Williamson and his coaching staff out because he's done that a few times, especially with players who are definitively out. Yeah, that, that's definitely possible. Um, I, I have a couple of questions about the relationship between Michael Flynn and his um, <laughs> club doctor at Swindon because I was a little behind the curtains. I was told at Solford having printed what he said about Tariq Uwakwe that 
apparently um, that wasn't fully accurate. Oh. Um, and they had a few issues with, with that diagnosis. Um, so, and no, he, he, he's not sure on a lot of people, which, it, you know, it could be could be mind games. I think that's always in the mix with Michael Flynn. You know, we, we never get told about new injuries until until the team sheet comes out, really. I don't... I can't remember the last time we've actually known ahead of time that a player isn't going to be available. Jake Kane, we weren't told, even though that injury happened on the Saturday. Uh, Tariq Uakwe, I don't believe we were told until he wasn't included. So I, there, there is a lot of... Michael Flynn just doesn't really want to say anything that isn't public knowledge um, already. And that's fair enough. That's his prerogative. Um, if he wants to keep other managers guessing as much as possible, which, again, we'll get to in a bit in terms of what he says about Dan Kemp, um, then, then that's what he's going to do, and, and not many, many managers operate that way. That's right. That's right. And on Tom Brewer, I'm I'm very respectful of concussion and the importance of protecting players, and I, I worry that I was drifting towards football man talk of like run it off. He's a big lad. He wants to play. Let him play. I, he, he did take a heck of a whack, but yeah, I, I, I'm surprised. We were okay defensively against Ginningham. I felt, of course. Magnifying glass out. There were three moments where Harrison Minton, you know, you can point fingers and quite fairly, I think people would say, well, if that was Tom Brewitt, you would you would have the pitchforks out and maybe that's the case. But you gave away the penalty and there were two. The, the two other moments, I think, was just purely unfortunate. And I think any of our centre-backs could have made that decision or struggled to get their body in the right position the way that Harrison did. I think it's incredibly unfair to to point fingers but overall against Ginningham I, I didn't think it was a too concerning game defensively no I, I didn't think it's hardly like Ginningham cut shreds out of them there are the two moments where uh, Connor Mahoney gets a bit too free and frankly that's got nothing to do with Harrison Minton exactly and, and that's I, I didn't think he had his best game I was actually chatting with Gary Horgan the Chippenham town manager this week and he asked me about Minton, I I didn't think he had his best game, but I I know I've seen plenty of Harrison Minton to know that it's not really an issue. Yeah, uh, he's he's a very very good player, and I think he is League Two level already. Um, Macaulay Bond is a very difficult character. I've got absolutely no qualms about him playing this game. You know, if they if I still don't think Tom Clayton's going to be one hundred percent ready, so I'm pretty certain it's going to be Harrison Minton again. Um, and and I I don't have any any worry about that at all. I don't think there was anything overly concerning um, going on defensively because Gillingham, I think they have about no more than a handful of shots in the game. Swindon, Swindon had over 20. So, you know, if you look at it that way, whose defence wasn't wasn't doing a great job. And um, Max Dean, he's having a good introduction himself into, into Lee 2 football with MK Dons. He's there. He's not their lone striker, but he does play a little bit more ahead of fellow attacking players. So a 19-year-old versus a 19-year-old, it'll be an interesting battle, I'm sure. But yeah, no issues with with uh, Harrison Minton's start. And I think, as I've said in the last few episodes, it's important that our graduates are given these opportunities and and, and hopefully he, he continues to improve and thrive. Yeah, absolutely. He's, you know, he's, he's done enough to this point to, to show that he's worthy of a shot. And, you know, coming up against one difficult striker shouldn't be enough to to take you away from that and I think as a as a as a football club if, if that is enough for you to sort of r- put a black mark against someone then that's that's probably more of a problem of, of you than it is the player 
Anywho, we shall move on to Dan Kemp, because unless you live under a rock, you'll know that he cannot play in this game because he, well, he is employed by Milton Keynes Don. So it's a big loss. There's no other way. It wasn't his best game against Ginningham. So maybe a weekend off will do him some good. What did Flynn say about Dan Kemp's absence? Yeah, we actually got a kind of a a more interesting, a more um, interesting response on the Tuesday in terms of Dan Kemp, in terms of Flynn saying, I, I promise you we're not a, a one-man team kind of thing. But um, it was kind of more in the sense of what do you do to replace him? Because I think, especially without Jake Kane, the, the potential of someone else playing in Dan Kemp's position is probably unlikely. Um, unless, especially without Tariq Uakwe, because I don't think you can move Shade in, in there um, at the moment either. So it was more about, you know, uh, is this kind of a flip of formation situation with Flynn? As he has done a couple of times this season, said, you know, throughout pre-season, we were working on loads of different things, loads of different eventualities, loads of different systems. He talked about at the end against Gillingham where they'd shifted to a back four and I think they did similar at Salford as well uh, towards the end of the game. So you know, they they, clear, they clearly they can, they can switch things up. And frankly, I think they're going to have to because uh, I'm, keep, I'm keeping a running total of player rating scores for this season and Dan Kemp is pretty comfortably in the lead at the moment so he's um he's clearly essential to this team in its current makeup especially if you if you talk to a charlie austin or a jake, jake young about the, the and even rashan hepper murphy about the link up with the guy they all love playing with him so being without that player is going to be very difficult and it'll be interesting to see what what flynn comes up with to make up for that yeah he's been our best player this season without a doubt and he's a he's a loss whether he's cup tied or injured or suspended he's he's a big loss and you're quite right the uh we're not a one-man team uh statement was very very interesting from him because it wasn't asked <laughs> he kind of just brought it up so maybe it plays on Michael Flynn's mind too who do you think's gonna play there is is this finally the time for Brooklyn Genesini to show he's a number 10 well we have been told that um, as I think it's Connor Garrett said Tennessee on, on the chat um I would be very surprised if the under I would expect it's one of two things it's either George McEachran moves higher up and Liam Kinsella comes into the team or what I think is probably more likely um is they switch to 3-4-3 Hepburn Murphy comes in they kind of try and play um Young and Hepburn Murphy either side of Charlie Austin um where, you know because Jake Young has played as a winger in the past and I think that's that's probably the most likely, although that does lead the question of who do you bring on if we're chasing the game? Because that's kind of all of your forward players out there at the same time, with all due respect to Miles Abodo. Yes. OK, well, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting clocking that 11 when uh, 2 p.m., comes around yeah we, we spent a lot of the last episodes covering squad depth everyone's talking about it everyone's acknowledging it but Michael Flynn is having none of it no he's um once again nipping this in the bud um I, I think he probably knew these things were gonna when in fact he did because he talked about it uh most of the season but uh, he would have known this was coming around when the squad was in the position that it was coming out that summer transfer window um and you know he was again kind of batting away so well you know if if any team has four or five injuries, they're they're having difficulties with that. Um, I think he, he said that you know we're, we're probably about two of the starting eleven um, for this weekend without Tom Brewer and Dan Kemp. Um, but <laughs> frankly, he can say this as much as he likes publicly. We all know that he definitely doesn't share the same opinion 
behind closed doors because when he because when we came straight out the transfer window he was like yeah we need we need to make free agent signings correct so you know this is this is this is the public face that they're putting on it but we we all know it's not really what they think correct yeah and you can say we should have picked up points but after all said and done we didn't and that is because <laughs> we weren't able or one of the reasons that we didn't is because we just couldn't strengthen we couldn't improve our side over the game yeah it's 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 you know they've essentially left themselves with with one option to change the game and it's does Hepburn murphy um do enough to, to when he comes on to to change the fortunes. Sometimes he has, sometimes he hasn't. They don't really have another option than that, especially without with the injury to Tariq Uakwe because Tyree Shea plays from the start now. So what was kind of a two man cavalry is now just a one man hail mary with with Hepburn Murphy. Um, you know Liam Kinsella, good player as he is, isn't going to change a game for you. And frankly, hasn't even been able to see games out for Swindon so far because when he comes on, Swindon have actually tended to concede. Um, Miles Abodo is a, clearly a very promising player. You can't expect him to make that kind of impact off the bench at this stage of his career. So they, they just don't have the options to to change a game really in either direction in terms of becoming more solid or becoming more attacking. I'm seeing a lot of responses from people whose glasses are half full when it comes to Swindon Town Football Club and that's perfectly fine that's fair enough but when people are talking about depth and where the reason why we can't strengthen is deemed that it's a financial thing why else would it be other than Flynn playing that uh, I won't sign anyone unless they can do the job and they've, they've got to be the right ones it's if it's not that it's financial and I think a lot of Swindon Town fans probably lean towards that and there are Swindon fans that say, well, that's categorically not true because they've put on the record that that finance is not an issue. Or I would counter that by saying Clem Fooney and Swindon Town have said a lot of things over the last year that have proven not to be accurate. So it, it's turned a little bit icky within the fan base where you've got the people that want to ask questions, will want questions answered versus those who are just happy to, well, they've said this, so let's move on. Yeah, I mean, I'm perfectly happy for the, the class half full people to... to think the way they think I didn't expect us to be even this good this season so frankly I'm, I'm pretty pleased with the way things have gone but I think if if we're talking about stepping up to that next level it's pretty clear where 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 the issue is with doing that um, I think you can argue as, as much as you want about um, what 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 has and hasn't been said um, publicly by various people at the club frankly we we've also said that Michael Flynn has also said that he has to be careful with his budget and how he uses it. So part of the part of the factor behind a player being right or not is financial. That's just categorically a part of it. MK Dons then. Let's talk about Milton Keynes Dons. They lost or they got rid of their manager last season after relegation, Mark Jackson. Uh, and then they brought in Graham Alexander and a lot of aficionados of League One, League Two football went, hmm, well, that's an interesting signing. Uh, the season started okay in their first five games. They won four and lost one. So that's pretty good. And then they went on a very satisfying run of lost draw, lost draw, lost draw, lost draw, lost draw, until it was too much. And Winkleman binned Graham Alexander. He's not had a good track record in recent uh, appointments, but he went for Mike Williamson, the former Newcastle United defender who was managing up at Gateshead. And uh, he's beginning to turn things around a little bit. He did. I think you don't count the first game. I think the Accrington Stanley loss 
last weekend was technically his first game. But uh, on Tuesday night, a fine 4-1 victory over Bradford City at home. I was looking at doing the research for this. I could not believe how poor their attendances have been over the last season. Some real dirge um, and helped out by a couple of big away days, especially the Notts County game. In their last five fixtures, they've drawn nil-nil against Walsall, lost at Gillingham 2-1, drawn at home to Barrow 2-2, lost away at Accrington Stanley and beaten Bradford City 4-1 most recently. Plenty of league experience. You'll know Cameron Norman from his time at Newport. You'll know Alex Gilby. You'll know Connor Grant. And of course, we'll know Joe Tomlinson and Jack Payne. So we get to say hello to those two again. And I'm not looking forward to that at all. It's not a happy stomping ground for Swindon Town, historically. Um, I make out that we have been there 12 times in the league. We've won three, drawn two, and lost seven. We have beaten them in the EFL Cup in that time as well as game 13. Last time round, it wasn't pretty. (laughs) It wasn't pretty. We lost 5-0 during the COVID season, you might remember. The last time we won there was when Keshi Anderson scored Uh, that goal that rattled the MK Don's vlogger. So first and foremost, what did Michael Flynn say about this game against MK? I have a feeling we'll know. Yeah, um, well, he's, um, it's not dissimilar, I have to put it that way, (laughs) but um, he was was very (laughs) ebullient about the kind of quality of player that MK Don's have. Um, We'll get to the Joe zone shortly, I imagine, but um, I asked him a little bit about MK Dons as well and their adaptation under Mike Williamson, but uh, he, he rattles off quite a long list of players. And then I was just um, taking a look at their squad um, a couple of minutes ago, and there are a couple of players he frankly didn't even mention who I would who I would add to that list. A player like Mo Issa, who is is frankly clearly not a League Two player, um, although his recent form is brilliant. Um, you know, there is an incredibly talented squad. Michael Flynn was was very high on 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 the quality of player they have saying that they kind of got a fair few league one level players um and they they were a side that he cited as being kind of um it was kind of as being one of the big spenders over the summer and he kind of kept up with that one as as well um he was a lovely moment where uh he, he um as a joke i think it's clear because he uh he kind of smiled smiled in my direction when he was doing it um saying to andrew that he isn't gonna Kind of let um, isn't going to do um, Andrew Hawes' job for him and tell them tell him how MK Dons are going to play because he as as has been discussed that doesn't that doesn't happen in these press conferences but um, he said it will be very clear very quickly uh, the type of team they're taking on mm. again you look at their bench Jonathan Lecco who Michael Flynn cited Tommy Smith New Zealand international loads of experience as you say Mo Isa and then of course ex Swindon player who almost slipped my net when doing my research. Michael Williams, who is now MJ Williams, had an unsuccessful loan spell, didn't he, in, in 2015 after the playoff season, along with uh, along with Lawrence Vigarou and Kevin Stewart. That's the one, Kevin Stewart. Yes, yeah, decent players. And then there were players that weren't in the squads, like Ellis Harrison, Dean Lewington, OAP. He's only three games away from equaling John Trollope's national record of appearances. I was worried that he, he's clearly going to beat it, but 
I was worried it would be on this game, but he hasn't been playing much this season. Yeah, and Andrew and I kind of just discussed that before that there was there was the chance that would happen, but um, I think he'll get a few token substitute appearances at various points. But thankfully, uh, they will not disgrace us at least this time around with uh, letting Dean Lewington break the record against Swindon. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Williamson is only just rocked up, as I mentioned there, joining from Gateshead. He's brought his assistants from Gateshead over with them. They've been doing really, really well. The heed in the National League. Uh, what did Michael Flynn have to say about Williamson? Yeah, um, he was he was again kind of kind of evasive in terms of specifics about Williamson's sides, but uh, uh, we've we've technically already talked about them on on the on the presses this year because. Uh, because of a, um, a chat about uh, Pep Guardiola's influence in in English football and a goal that Gateshead had scored, they're a very possession heavy team. Um, you know, M- MK Dons' average possession has jumped ten percent um, from from before he joined to where to, uh, to to the two games after. If, if you look at those two stats, so I, I think we're we're in for a side that are going to very look to heavily dominate possession. And um, it'll be interesting to see, especially if Pepper Murphy is playing this game as Swindon, probably have to counterattack more than they have at any point this season. Well, that counterattack will be in front of a fine away crowd, lots going. Um, last time I saw it was uh, it was 1,879, which is a lovely number given our founding date. It's a big crowd. Uh, it's one of the biggest MK will have. I don't think it's going to match it. Notts County, who took about two and a half thousand, but it's a good following. And I, I was surprised. I'm going. Um, I didn't think it was going to be the big sort of away day, but I suppose from Swindon, there's not many closer for a Saturday, is there? Yeah, certainly given that Forest Green's on a was on a Tuesday, I believe it's as close as probably as close as it gets and most convenient. Two thousand two hundred. They're not far off Notts County, but I don't think they'll. Not quite crack it. Um, Callum said to me that <laughs> they were probably thinking prior to the Gillingham game if they could win that they would be able to get quite that high. But you know, it's an incredible number. Michael Flynn and again some some pretty good quotes on this one in terms of um, saying that the that kind of away support is the reason he wanted to manage Swindon Town, and we have heard that before. The kind of big crowds that they can attract that uh, without throwing to, wanting to throw too much shade. Um, <laughs> New, Newport and Walsall probably can't. Um, and uh, he he was he's very excited by this, and then we kind of get the sort of uh, Michael Flynn pseudo psychology corner again about um, players who may or may not want to perform in front of big crowd. There was a, there was quite a long winding road, long form answer about players' mentality, mental health, and how how good they are on the training ground versus how good they are. On, on in crowds of thousands in front of crowds of thousands wasn't there yeah I, I mean I kind of got lost in the middle there sat and sat um, listening to it because I was kind of trying to just trying to piece together the specific wording of the questions I was going to ask as we were going towards that part in the press conference and I kind of looked up and said when do we get on to mental health but um it was it was it was interesting I think he kind of started talking about how he, he doesn't really understand players not wanting to perform uh, a bunch of crowds and then he kind of I don't know if he he kind of checks himself and and thinks well and then has a bit of soliloquy about um, you know various players and and that mental blocks that they may or may not have and that and that kind of trying to um, <laughs> unlock that within a player as well and try and get into their psyche a little bit and then um, for for some good 
I don't know if it's universal, but f- football ground, uh, footballing jargon, uh, we got the TGI or Training Ground International uh, to refer to a player who is very good Monday to Saturday, to Friday, but uh, can't seem to perform in the same way on a Saturday game um, uh, for for various different reasons. So, it, I mean, it's quite interesting. I, I I don't know if there was necessarily a specific point to it, but it, it was definitely interesting to. It is sometimes it's interesting to hear football managers just talk about whatever the hell they're going to say. Yeah, he had that ready to talk about, didn't he, it seems, because it, I listened to it twice because I couldn't see, I thought I'd missed the question because when I was doing my notes for this, I was like, okay, here we go, some talk about the way following, aren't we great, fans of class, we go again. And then suddenly it takes this huge <laughs> change of direction and I was like, well, where, where's this come from? It was very interesting, um, really enjoyed Michael Flynn using the term tossing off. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm immature. Deal with it. Yeah, I, I also smirked at that point as well. I've got to be perfectly honest. <laughs> okay, well, um, let's go to the Joe Zone where we can giggle amongst ourselves. Hello, everybody. Summer is here, and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it. Okay, so don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Bit of room here though for Twine who took it on! It's genius! The extraordinary is becoming the ordinary for Scott Twine, a rising star in the lower leagues, and his star is shining brightly tonight. Well, it does not get better than that striking a ball. Look at as soon as he gets the ball, one thing in his mind. I'll tell you what. He didn't let the disappointment of an earlier opportunity get to him. Took on the challenge, and that is unbelievably good. Cheers. Um, the last time we spoke, you weren't 100% sure on the kind of time frame for Jake Kane's um, I'm still injury. not. Still not. Um, he hasn't had a scan as yet. He's uh, feeling slightly better. So, um, again, I'm still going to say a few weeks. 
And then with some of the, the squad players, like a, a Brooklyn Denison or a Liverpool Cancelo, who probably haven't played as much football as they might have liked, are you kind of seeing the right attitude and application from them off the field? That you yeah, their application's been good. Liam Cancelo's a fantastic pro. Uh, Brooklyn's young, obviously learning, being around the first-team environment. But there's reasons why they haven't played, because that, it's, quite, um, it's quite funny. We win the game in Anne before. Um, and... We have, we have played some of the best football I've seen in this division. So it's no doom and gloom. There's reasons why they haven't played because the ones in the position have been doing better. And, you know, it's, it's one of them. Will it come a chance where if we don't improve results-wise, you know, it's all, um, it's all good playing well if, and if you're winning, but I'd rather, I'd rather be poor and win. It's as simple as that. Um, so... Further on down the line, we'll have to have a look at it. It's, it you know, if, if it doesn't improve, so that's common sense. You have to make a, a change here and there, take some of the eights and refresh them, like we were just talking about, um, and give somebody else an opportunity. What they do with that opportunity is down to them. Yeah, and then um, with MK Don cyclism going in, they're averaging under 50% possession under Graham Alexander. Now, you know, if it kind of hit 60 in their two games under Williamson. We've been kind of impressed by the change in them in, in such a short space of time. No, I haven't because of the players they've got. They've got unbelievable players for this level. They, they've spent a lot of money. They've got strength and depth. Um, you know, you look at it, you've got Ellis Harrison, Jonathan Lecco, um, Alex Gilby, Joe Tomlinson, Cameron Norman, Jack Payne. They, these are very, very good players at this level. One or two should probably be playing higher. So it's, um, I'm not, like I said, they, they're good players and they can adapt to the way that their manager is asking them to play. So what they, what they did before has nothing to do with me. What they do after tomorrow has nothing to do with me. We just got to make sure that we, um, we play our game and stick to our beliefs and our philosophy. Cheers. Okay. Right. So you you pushed for Jake Kane and he jumped in and said, "No change, no change." Few weeks we don't know. Uh, Liam Kinsella, Brooklyn Genesini, fantastic pro versus still young, which is a damning statement for Brooklyn Genesini. I really want him to do well, um, and I want him to have some more opportunities. And it could be this week, but fantastic pro in Liam Kinsella versus he's still young in Brooklyn Genesini. I, I've learned to read between the lines with these press conferences over the years. Yeah, I, 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 I actually, I think we talked about it ahead of Zolf, and I did ask after that game about Giannisini's absences um, from the squad. And it, it was just a, he's the 19th man situation, which in a squad of about 17 isn't great. Um, but yeah, there's, um, I, I don't know if may, maybe they... It did kind of feel like they rushed the Genesini signing in the first place, and I think maybe he's he's not he's not a preferred player at this point. I think it's pretty clear to see he's not someone that seems to have an awful lot of trust from his manager because, well, I mean, Shade is a wing back, but he also says that he's kind of making do there at the moment, and that isn't necessarily where they see him. And, and Genesini is a wing back, and he's not getting a look in, so. Mm. I, I think it that and he's kind of as you say reading between the lines of these comments, it, it's not looking particularly good for his immediate future. 
and, uh, in terms of playing get regular games at Swindon. Well, let's see. We never know what might happen, but yeah, it, it doesn't look like he's going to be a, a, a Ellis Iandolo type that's going to be here for eight years and rotate and, and then finally find his place. Uh, the changes for M- of MK, so you get what you needed here? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they've already used the quotes, so yes, I did get what I needed here. Um, he was... It, it is interesting because I think, you know, again, we've talked about not the top 20 a couple of times in recent weeks, but, you know, they, they, I remember they were talking about it and I was thinking you know, when they initially made the appointment in the summer, that that's a bit strange, especially as there seem to be some, a couple of people being um, pretty positive about them making it. And then, you know, Williamson is quite a big departure. Um, but clearly, as, as he says, you can look at a lot of their players we know just how good Jack Payne is in a possession system. We've seen Joe Tomlinson when fit is very capable as well. And then there's a lot of other talent there. So, you know, it, it is interesting that it, the, the shift has happened quite that quickly. But I think uh, they were always going to be capable of doing what Mike Williamson's going to want them to do. Right. Well, we had a player for this presser. It's been a while. And it was Harrison Minturn. Nice nice to hear from him. He's a, another one of the very polite chaps. Yeah, he is. He's a, he's very very nice to speak to. He was um, uh, he's, he he said it's, it's been a little while since he's been in, and it has because it was last season. But uh, he's in the spotlight now. We've actually been trying for for the last couple of press conferences to get him in to come and speak to us, and, and we finally got that. So it was nice to see him. He's he, you know, some fairly short answers, I think it's fair to say, but but some interesting content as well. Yeah, we'll start with the contract extension, which seemed to come as a pleasant surprise to him. Yeah, this is such interested me because um well a personal favorite part of, of the Harrison Minton extension was um seeing what Henry had done with his quotes because in the press in the press release announcing it um they and they also put up the video where they're taken from uh and they kind of carefully edited around the parts in which he says it's taken a bit longer than I thought so it, it that kind of suggested that it'd been in the works for a little while but uh, what he says here was he kind of just got pulled after training. He doesn't state specifically when he was pulled. This could even have been in the summer, I suppose. But um, so, all right, so, so we're giving you a contract. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I've never had a football contract. I, I want that to be clear. But you know, I, I wouldn't assume that's necessarily how it always works. Um, I, I would have assumed he'd know that that, that was happening. But you know, it, it must, must have been a very grateful surprise and. As he says, it now gives him a, a bit of breathing room to really look to develop without having to kind of worry about what might happen next. And it was inevitable that he would be asked about replacing Tom Bruitt. Tom Bruitt has been one of our performers, our standout performances of the season. And it is a tough gig for him to come in and step in. Um, what did Harrison Minton say about that pressure, if indeed there is any? Yeah, um, well, he he's kind of certainly seems that he's... Um, He's he's it's a bit of a different role than he had been playing, and you'd speak um, again. We'll get to it in the Joe Zone um, about the the differences that, that they are playing as the outside centre back and being the um, the inside one, where Tom Brewitt is normally the, the stalwart in that position. And uh, he says he is. He does feel like it's quite useful for him actually to be able to play in the middle where he hadn't been playing before. So it kind of um, gives gives him sort of I guess mentally more than anything else that. Uh, a good bit of practice of of knowing when to when to step in and when not to because when you're the the middle you're kind of the last line a bit and you have to and you have to be a bit more cautious than he otherwise might be so um, I think he, it does sound like he's quite enjoying <laughs> I mean he probably, probably wanted to play anywhere quite frankly but 
he is certainly enjoying the, the chance to to have replaced Tom Brewitt uh, for as long as a spell as he gets. Yeah, in a different world, he's out on loan at the moment, and we have that Edwards chap, you know, fighting for a place. So he's probably thriving on this opportunity, which is great. And he was asked about feeling more comfortable, and I think generally as a player, he always looks quite relaxed, quite uh, quite comfortable whenever I've seen him play. Maybe it's not the case inside historically. I know I would be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, um, if the ball was coming my way. But definitely gave the impression that he feels like he's a pro and he is. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of see him as a pro these days and I think his confidence is probably one of his most important attributes as a player. But yeah. um, he, he says he, do, he does kind of feel more and more confident on the pitch. Like he... Be himself, and I think Andrew asks him, you know, do you do you feel like you can try and give instructions to other players whilst you're out there if, if you're doing something? He said, yeah, I am kind of getting getting more vocal like that. And I think you know when you are kind of seventeen, eighteen, coming into a first team for the for the first time, it probably is quite intimidating with with these people who you, you probably looked up to because he's a local boy um, before, and you know these senior seasoned professionals who. Even I mean, even at Swindon, where they're pretty young, they're, they're still a lot more experienced than you are. So that probably is quite daunting. And uh, he said he doesn't necessarily feel like he can kind of um, get involved, get um, onto the sort of uh, should we should we say bullying side of the of the footballing dressing room. But uh, I feel like he he definitely does feel like he's getting more more comfortable in that surround surrounding. Yeah, he'll be cheered on by 2,200 Swindon fans and the way support question came up again and I guess there is there is no comparison between 2,200 Swindon fans in the away end versus getting sent down to Chippenham Town and playing in front of 630 odd against Taunton <laughs> there could be no comparison. Yeah definitely going to be a very different experience playing in Know, what is at this point an international stadium actually at MK Dons because it was used during the women's Euro. So you know it's a big stadium even if the home side don't fill it um, and a, a huge away support. That hopefully, um, Rich, I'm sure you'll be leading the chance, but we'll be very vocal and driving the team on. I think you know, for a young player who's still trying to trying to make it themselves, that's got to be a huge confidence boost and a very exciting experience for him. Yeah, I do plan to have a little sing song. Depending on what's happening in front of us, it might dwindle as I as I fear it could. Joe Zone for one more time and then we'll get some predictions. Thank you very much. I think it was after the Stevenish game last season, you said like you felt you exceeded your own expectations for what you were gonna do that year. What do you what do you make of where you thought you were gonna be at this at this stage coming into the season? Uh I thought I'd be in a similar spot to be fair. I thought I'd be in and out playing now and then, not again being used more as a sub and someone to come on. Um, yeah, that's it, really. <laughs> right. And I feel like when we saw you slightly earlier in the season coming off the bench, you're kind of playing on the outside of the of the back three, and your your chance now to start is kind of coming in the middle. Mm. How different are those two positions? Yeah, they are different. Obviously, the on the outsides you're going to be driving in a lot more and going forward a lot more and supporting the wing backs and the midfielders as the centre of the one you have to be a bit more vocal talk a lot more to everyone else organise around you most of the time you'll be 1v1 against their striker having to obviously win your headers against him and most of the time you, you won't go very far forward you'll just be that pivot in the middle just spraying passes 
Yeah, and you kind of have to fight your instincts a little bit because when, when you are playing on the outside, you always look really good when you step in, you make the, the right choices a lot. So you're kind of fighting against that a little bit when you switch position. Yeah, you definitely, when you're in the centre, you definitely want to step in, but it's probably not the right thing to do. So you probably it's probably quite good for me because you have to learn when you can and can't step in. So yeah, I think it's a good learning curve. Cheers, Harrison. So he's he's where he wants to be, which is great. And then there was that good question about the difference of playing in the back three, which I found really interesting because you know, again, I'm not a tactician. A centre back is a centre back. I was I was raised within the four four two, but and then you could go left or right, and it wouldn't really make any difference at the level I played, which wasn't a very high level at all. An, an interesting answer. Yeah, definitely. I, I, it is quite interesting because um, as I think I said on. On Monday, you might not have expected Minton to be the one to be put into the middle, but it is, especially especially with the way that Swindon used Blake Tracy and Goldwyn Malifa, it is very different um, being that that player. And, you know, for, for someone who I think is the only player to have actually done both for Swindon at this point, it is actually quite interesting to get his insight on that. And I think, I think he spoke very well on it. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Well, fingers crossed, Town get something this weekend. However... <laughs> Uh, I'm not predicting it. I always try and be as positive as I can be. And um, this isn't reactionary to to the result against Ginningham because I think generally we've not had the stinker of all stinkers. But I look at various factors of MK, their midfield. I look at you know the fact that they have changed things in their management structure. So it's not a Graham Alexander team. I would have been much more confident of taking something away if it was a Graham Alexander side. And historically, we're not that great at Stadium NK. I'm going for a, 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 a lot of goals, but they're not all going to Swindon. I'm going for a 4-2 loss. Yeah, I've kind of got the same not-so-great feeling about, about this one, I think. You know, Swindon's away record is, is has been noted not brilliant. Uh, MK Dons, I, I think that four-one win will do them the world of good in terms of, you know, I, I believe that was Jack Payne, Joe Tomlinson's first goals for the club in the week as well in the league. Yeah, I think Payne scored against Oxford, didn't he? Yeah, true. You know, they've got a lot of players who, who as, as mentioned, are are very talented. Who get a bit of a confidence boost. Um, I I don't think it could will be too good for Swindon, especially without Dan Kemp. I think I'm going to pray that I'm wrong, but say 2-0 to MK Dons. Ooh, give me a goal, Joe. Give you a goal as well. You're there. Give us a goal. <laughs> Pork pie sausage roll. <laughs> oh, no. Awful, awful, awful reference. Even though it's meat pie, isn't it? Ech. It's quesarasara. Uh, there you go. That's, <laughs> that, that's better. Okay, well... Ooh. I mean, Will Griggs not there to set us alight like he did last time? Was it four goals he scored against us last time we went there in uh, that behind closed doors game? Oh, I, I want to. I, I'm not writing it off. It would be so Swindon to get a result at MK and then lose to Oldershaw. I, I, that's a narrative I can completely envisage. Yeah, I, could, I 100% buy that. If if I'd probably take it too, but I think if someone said this is this is I've been to I've been a week in the future. This is what's happened. I'd be like, why, why are you spending your time just looking at Swindon results? But I, I think it would be quite very, very likely that that is that's the outcome. And uh, for short term gains, I'll take it. Yeah. Well, I'm going. I'm seeing friends. I'm going to have a good time. Whatever happens. You know, that's what football's about. You know, you want to go watch football with your mates. You know, that's that's what they want us to do. 
and uh, hopefully you'll be able to do that until it until at least five minutes past three. Oh, yes, I'm hoping so. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Well it's, it's Swindon Town. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.